little bit of participation here today. I need you to do this. I need you to turn to a neighbor. Just find, you don't have to move. Just find a neighbor and look, them, look that person in the eyes. Go ahead and do it. It looks it can be, you know, somewhere. Now, don't give them goofy eyes. I don't want that. You ought to take this seriously. All right. Look at the other person. Get them. Don't look up here. Look at some other person. Come on. Participate here. Okay, now repeat after me while you're looking at the other person. Say, hello. I'm glad you came to church today. It's time to hear from God's word. So pay attention. Don't go to sleep. Because today you're going to learn something new. And it's about time. <laughs> All right, good job. All right, thank you. And it's about time. That's right, you learn, you finally learn something new. All right, I'm glad you're here and we're ready for the Word of God. Let's see what He has in store for us today. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm excited and a little bit, at least for me, this is kind of bittersweet because after nine full months, we're actually wrapping up the last very part of our series through 1 Corinthians. Now, some of you are, are silently going, yes, you know, we've been in there long enough. It's, it reminds me of the story of Pastor Chuck Swindoll, who preached a 40-week series through the book of Job. And he said when he came to his last Sunday, uh, he told the congregation it would be his last Sunday preaching in Job. They gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> Please don't do that to me, friends, okay? All right. Now, I know that going through uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, it doesn't mean it's always easy. There's been some hard stuff. I'll tell you, from my perspective, just for me, it's been some of the most difficult things to preach on and, and try to be effective in it. I'm, I'm sure I haven't done a perfect job in it. There's maybe little things I've missed here and there, and, you know, it, but it still has been a blessing. However, I don't want either, I want you or I to feel this morning, because we've come to the end, that I don't want us to feel a sense of accomplishment. Now, that may be a weird thing to say, but I don't want that for us. I don't want it for me because I don't want us to have the attitude, and this is especially important at what we look at today. I don't want us to have the attitude to say, well, we got that over and done with. Check it off our list. We studied the book of the Bible and moving on. That's not the point of what we've been doing. Even in some of the most difficult passages we've talked about and going through this, this has not been about trying to just get more knowledge or just to say, hey, look at us. We've studied a big book of the Bible. It has been to help us and give instruction and motivate us and encourage us to go out and do these things. It's we have to go apply the principles that we're being taught in God's Word. And so I don't want us to say, all right, we finished that. We, we went through all the chapters. We looked at everything. We're just going to put that behind us. No, that's, that's not why... God had Paul write this. That's not why we study. That's not why we've come here today is just to say we've heard a sermon. No, we want to know what God's Word says to us. We want to be challenged with it, and we want to take it out from this place. But I think we're really going to see that this morning as, again, we wrap up this series. As I mentioned to you last Sunday, we're not going to take the whole chapter. I just want to get a couple of last verses. Now, Paul has talked through and presented a whole lot of stuff. He wrote to this church that had all kinds of issues going on. And he, he addressed things over there and things over here. And I mean, it was pretty wide and varied. If you've been here over the months, you've heard a lot of the things we've talked about. And, but as he wraps up this letter, as God is just directing his heart to, 
to pin these words. I love how we get a couple of verses right there at the, at the, kind of at the very end of the book that just summarizes uh, real quickly all what he was saying. And it's kind of like his call to go out and go do. He doesn't want them to say, read my letter and then do nothing with it. He's saying, hear what God says, now take it and do it. And he's also trying to encourage them. I mean, I don't know about you, but I need encouragement sometimes. I mean, don't you like it when somebody kind of encourages you and and motivates you to kind of get back to doing the things that you know you're to do? Well, that's what's happening here as we just kind of close out this letter. It's it's Paul's aim to write to this church, to write to his brothers and sisters in Christ, and to encourage them and to motivate them to keep going. In fact, our message this morning, as we wrap up, we can put our uh, title up this morning, Never Give Up, Never Surrender. And kind of, that's sort of the theme of what Paul's going to be talking about is, is saying just, you've got to keep going in the work. Don't let up. Don't give up. Keep going. Now, again, as you see, we're, this will actually be of the whole series of nine months going through Corinthians. This will be the shortest passage we've looked at through the whole thing. It's only two verses. In fact, it fits on one screen up here this morning. And, but it's such a powerful reminder. It won't be the deepest theological verses we've, we've looked at while we've been here. It's not, you know, some of these, these huge concepts about, you know, resurrection and salvation and all these things. But wow, is it, it's a great reminder of what we're called to do when we leave this place, meaning when we walk out from church. Let's look at it together. Let's put up 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Very short, very easy. Look at this together. It says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Now, I'm going to ask Terry just to leave those, that verse up there for us this morning. It, can we just see it? Because it just, it's easy to understand of what's going on. But I want us to keep these thoughts, these principles, really these commands. These are just imperative statements of saying, do this. He gives us five of them. Again, let's look real easily, real clearly. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. Now, I still want us to go a little deeper with what God's, Word, what God's Word has for you and me today. Now, folks, do you remember when you were in grammar school growing up, and you'd read a story, you'd read something, whether it's a paragraph or a book or a chapter, whatever it was, your teacher would have you ask the five W's, right? So understands for what, what are the five W's? Something like, I don't remember. Who? I heard, who? What? Where? When? Why? Now, they've added a sixth one. Do you know what it is? How? They've added an uh, H. I'm like, why do they do that, man? Why do they add I had my five? I had my sixth one when I was growing up, and it was an H word, but it was, huh? Because I, was, I wasn't very smart. I, you know, I struggled with understanding what I was reading. The five questions. You said, you read something, and where, when, why, how, and what, you know, and to figure out what did I just read. Now, I want to take a little bit of the same concept this morning. We're not going to take all those questions, but I want us to ask these two questions. What did we just read? Well, basically, what did Paul just say through this? And why are we being told this? Because I know you can read this, and the words are simple, and the commands are easy enough to understand. 
But there's got to be something else going on. You need to understand the motivation behind all this. So let's answer these two questions. Let's be simple about it. Let's just let God's Word just open up to us and what we need to know today. So what is God telling us through this passage, as Paul writes to the church of Corinth, and why are we being told this? Well, consider what for a second. Just, just go with me. Look at these verses again. Again, the five statements. The first four in, in 13, I want you to know this. They're actually language used when, for, in military. Like, you can get the word picture of some, a guard standing on duty, and his commander comes up to him and says these things. Be on guard, stand firm, be courageous, be strong. In fact, those words in the original language, that's where you would often find them in that military kind of language. But think about what we're being told as it applies to you and me. Because this is not, he's not talking to somebody in the military, he's talking to the Christian. The one who's trying to walk by faith. So the first command he's saying is this, be on your guard. Be on your guard against what? The attack of the enemy. Friends, what we must always remember that in following Christ, there is so many opportunities for, that, for the attack to come, the spiritual attack. We've talked about this before, that the war we fight is not in flesh and blood, but it's in the principalities, in the heavens. It is the spiritual realm where the battle happens, and the enemy knows when to strike, and the temp- he knows when to bring the temptation. Friends, we must be on guard. We need to be like that sentry on guard duty saying, says, we cannot fall asleep because as soon as we relax, it's a perfect time for the enemy to come bring attack. He's saying, hey Christians, hey church, be on your guard. Now I want you to remember this. This is not being written to an individual. It's being written to a church. Why do I tell you this? Because guess what we can do to help us be on guard? Be in church. You know, God did not call us to live our Christian faith and lives by ourselves. He didn't say, okay, accept my son Jesus and then just go be your own thing. He, no, he said, you accept my son and you, you go get in a local body of believers. Why? Because it's a whole lot easier to be on guard, to be watching my back if somebody else is standing there with me. Go look at people who neglect keeping a church, keeping the body of Christ as a present influence in their life. And I'll show you people whose guard is down often and who fail regularly. Now, I I know even for us, even if I'm preaching to the choir this morning, you say, I'm here every time the doors are open. I know it's hard to always stay on guard. But that is to serve you as a reminder is don't neglect the body of Christ. You know what? That's why you've got that other person there. We have a wonderful system today of being able to reach out and, and talk to somebody, connect with somebody in a, in a matter of moments. I mean, the technology we have today to stay connected, to have a brother or sister in Christ to encourage us, to stand on guard for us, to help watch out that we might be walking into a, into a tough place. It's awesome that we have that. So when we are told, be on your guard, we get not only the reminder that we have to be watchful, we have to be vigilant as Christians. Because we know the attack is coming. Not only that, but we're also reminded that it helps when you have someone with you. 
I mean, you can think back to the pictures. A lot of people, when they were on guard duty, right, they had somebody with them. You wouldn't put them by themselves because you fall asleep. You stop paying attention. You let down your guard. What's next? Stand firm. Then doesn't just say stand firm. It says stand firm in the faith. That command right there, this statement of saying do this, is one of the most important ones we see here. Stand firm in the faith. I heard a story once that really helps illustrate this. The great evangelist Billy Graham wrote in one of his books about a time when he was a, a young man in his 20s, kind of just beginning to gain some of the popular, his popularity as an evangelist. You know, all the crusades that would later come and the world influence he had hadn't come yet. He was just starting out. And he writes that in this season of his life, he had one of his friends, one of his colleagues, who was constantly uh, doubting God's word and was bringing up you know, issues of why they shouldn't accept the entirety of God's word. And Billy Graham admits in himself, he said, that he struggled with his faith over, can I f- accept the full word of God? He's saying he wasn't doubting God, he wasn't doubting Christ or his salvation. He was saying, I read some things here that trouble me, that I don't understand, that I can't comprehend. Can I accept the full word of God? And he wrote himself that he struggled with this. And he had this presence around him, constantly trying, kind of pushing him and asking him the tough questions and well, what do you say about this passage? And how can you answer to this criticism? And he struggled. But I love his testimony. He says that one night he wrestled with God, just stayed up all night and just was praying and, and struggling in this matter. And it finally resolved in his heart. He said, I don't have all the answers. I'm not, I'm, I can't understand everything that's there. But I'm not God. So I'm going to trust that everything here, by faith, is His Word, His true Word. And he said the peace that overcame him was awesome. And it was a turning point in his ministry. He went forth being okay with it. He didn't have every answer. Couldn't address every question that came up to him. But he said, you know what? God said this is His Word. I got, my faith is in Him. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to realize that God is bigger and smarter and grander than I am, and I'm not going to try to put myself in His place. I'm going to accept His Word. I'm going to accept it by faith. Friends, that's what faith is. Faith is not only making a choice, it's living it out. And that's an example of a man who went and preached to millions of people. And use God's word by faith. Accepting is God's word. I know that your faith gets questioned sometimes. You have the doubts. You have the fears. You have somebody maybe push you and say, you believe that? I get it. I've been there. I know in the hard moments you kind of look, you know, and all those things you said you believe in. It's tough to hold true. But in that moment, we're reminded Stand firm in faith. And that's what it always comes down to. You have to make a faith-based decision. You say, I may not have every answer. I may not comprehend everything God has done or is doing, but I'm going to stand in faith. 
We stay on guard. We have to say every day, I am standing, I'm living by faith. Not by sight, but by faith, trusting in God. What's the next one? Be courageous. I actually love this word that it has here in the Bible. If you have a different translation on you this morning, if you open up, it might say this, act like a man. In fact, that's actually probably the most literal translation of the word be courageous. Now, I don't want to think you think Paul's given some kind of sexist command. What it's meaning is this. There's the awesome word picture behind it. it. He's saying this, don't act like a scared little boy who when they see danger or gets afraid, runs away. Act like a, act like a man. Be courageous. The, the picture is someone who, even though things are tough, even though it's scary, I'm willing to stand up and do. Friends, if I could get this across to people, is that, you know what? Following Christ is scary. It is sometimes. Because God is going to lead you in your walk with Christ to go step out into some places and some ways that is not comfortable. You think when Peter's swinging his feet out over the boat to step on the water that there's not a, oh, this is scary. God is going to call you to step out and do new things. He's going to call you to step out and be honest. Sometimes just confessing your heart. Sometimes just opening yourself up to another brother or sister about what's going on in your life so you can have somebody else be on guard with you. Sometimes that's scary because the enemy is saying, they'll reject you, they'll shame you, they'll be disappointed in you. And when God says, go here and do that, you're like, this is scary. When God says, I want you to take the blessing of what I've given you and give a portion back to me, and you're about to put a signature on a check and say, this is scary. I don't know. But the immature one is like the child who faces the kind of fearful, scary kind of moment, the anxiety, and runs away. And the Christian, the one Paul is saying we should be, is the one who says, I will be courageous in the midst of the tough moment. When it's tough, when it's scary, when, it, when I'm anxious over what's going on, that I will meet it, and I will face it, and I'll still do it. He said, be like, act like a grown-up. I love how, you know, remember Paul back in 1 Corinthians 13, he says what? He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child, I reasoned like a child, but I have put aside those childish things. We have to be reminded today in the church as Christians, we have to be asked, we have to check down ourselves, have I put aside my childish ways in Christ? Have I matured that when God says, go here and do this, even though it seems scary, I'll be courageous. Because God, it tells us in God's Word, God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity but one of power, of love and self-discipline. When we operate in fear, when we run from it, we are not operating in our walk with Christ. These are the commands we've been called to do. Look, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous. Remember, this is the what we're being told. What's next? Be strong. I love that one because, you know what, of all that's on the list, that's the one that's most easily misunderstood. You might say, well, be strong. Okay, I'm going to be strong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best. I'm going to work my hardest. I'll, I'll be strong. I won't ever fail. I won't ever give in. Does that seem to go with God's word? 
Does that line up with what the Bible teaches? No. When we're, when we're being told, be strong, what else do we need to be thinking about? Where I am weak, He is strong. I can do all things through my own abilities. No, through Him, through Christ, who gives me strength. So when we're commanded to be strong, what we're being told is be completely reliant on the power of God through Jesus Christ your Lord in your life. That's what being strong is. It's not about putting yourself on display. It's being strong in the power and the love of Christ. Now look at this last one. We're going to move on just a moment, but see this, because I love that we have this, this fifth one. Do everything in love. Let me tell you this, right? If you took verse 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and you left out verse 14, you know what's going to happen? You're going to damage the witness, the testimony of Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because there are a lot of people out there claiming the name of Jesus who are saying, we're going to be vocal, we're going to stand on guard, we're not going to let any of the evil stuff happen, we're going you know, to be courageous, we'll be vocal, we'll be strong, but we're not going to do any of these things in love. In fact, we're going to do them in hatred and in violence and in evilness. And there are men and women out there today giving the name Christian a bad name. I've talked to people, you know, they hear about, they, if I use the term Christian, or they hear the word Baptist, or even just church, they cringe sometimes. We have to stand on guard. We have to be firm in the faith and what we believe. We need to be courageous. We need to be strong. But we have to encounter others in what we do in an attitude of love. We have to. What does it tell us again in 1 Corinthians 13? If you have all these things but have not love, you have nothing. All these things that God is calling you to do. It's this, this pep talk of, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. All this, soldier, but do everything you do with a heart, with an attitude of love. Now that's what God is telling us through this word. Now why are we being told this? That actually is a very important question. Why are we being told this? Hmm. Well, let's see if we can get to that answer. I'm going to do something a little different today, if you don't mind. We're going to, we got a little video. I don't know if it'll hopefully help drive home the point, but let's watch this. Maybe, maybe we can get a little closer to why God is wanting us to hear these words today. Let's play this real quick. Great moments are born from great opportunity. You shouldn't have any doubt in your mind about what you're supposed to do tonight and about how you're supposed to do it. No, I don't want them to gain another yard. We gotta go out there and we gotta take it. You take their game and you shove it right back in their face. That's how winning is done. Team is something you belong to. Something you feel. Something you have to earn. If we don't come together, it's over. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life. You won't regret walking out letting them get the best of it. I'll ask you one last time. To be the best that you can be. Play like champions. Win. It's about heart. 
It's about who can go out there and play the hardest. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I don't care what the scoreboard says. At the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die, willing to take the hits, who's going to win that inch. Let me tell you something, you don't let in. Nothing come between us. On this team, we fight. And we shut them down because we can't. I love a good movie that has an inspirational coach scene, right? Comes in there, listen up team, I got something to tell you. I love, you know, that or sometimes you see it in a war movie, right? Okay, army, listen up. And that's good. I mean, that just, you see those, you see maybe some of those movies, you just kind of get you going. Now, I got, the reason I showed you this is to ask you kind of a silly question. Have you ever seen a movie that has one of those inspirational speeches where that's the last scene of the movie? I haven't. I mean, have you ever heard of a a movie or seen something where the coach walks in and says, all right, guys, let's go win one for the Gipper, and they all, yay, let's go, and then they say, well, let's just go home. No! That's the halftime speech, right? That's the, okay, we're, we're pausing, you're getting you pumped up, and now we've got to go back out there, and it doesn't matter what happened before, we're going to go do it and get after it. You don't ever stop at that moment, do you? Guess what we read this morning? That's Paul's halftime speech. To you, to me, to the church. That's the halftime speech, friends. We didn't get to the end. He's saying, I got a lot of stuff to tell you. And he went through all this, but says, here you go. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. And let's go out there and go do it. Let's go get them. But how many of us say, well, that's a really nice passage. How many times have we said, well, I, man, I, that's a nice sermon. I heard something today. It's interesting. All right, let's go about our day. Friends, when you come in here, when you come to church, this time right now is the halftime speech. It's the halftime between what happened last week and what's coming up this week. And I don't care what happened this past week. You might have got kicked all the way around. But that doesn't have to be the way this week. You can go out there and be the most victorious Christian there ever was this week. You can go out there and you can work in love. You can, go, you can put all that old stuff behind it and new things and find victories and stand on guard against the attack of the media and work in love and all of that. But you've got to choose to do it. 
Sometimes I think we make the mistake of thinking that this time, right now, the hour, or more than an hour we get on a Sunday mornings is like the, the pinnacle of our week, right? Or at least for our Christian life. Oh, we get a great church service and we sing and we try to hear something from the message and be close with God and all right. Oh, we just got to make it to next Sunday. To the next time. That's not what's going on here. You're right now. You're in the clubhouse. Right? You're in the huddle. Is the team gathered? And we're saying, all right, what does God want us to do? Now we got to go out and do it. Because you don't get to walk out of the doors and just put the, your faith down. You're not supposed to walk out of here and just say, well, I'm glad I got something out of it, but I'm going to live exactly like I did before I came in. I love church. I love coming together because it is a time. For me, it's a time to get pumped up. It's a time to see my brothers and sisters in Christ have some fellowship. It's to have some time with people around me to be encouraging. It's an opportunity to come and get in God's Word and get excited so we can run out of here, run back out into the world and the place God has sent us and do His work. If all the Christian work that's happening in your life is happening only when you walk into church, you're not playing the role God has for you. That's why I say this morning when we come to a passage where we, we come to the end. We've worked so hard and we've been through and we've studied so much stuff together. It has not been about so you can get more stuff up here. That's not been our aim. It's not been my heart and desire. Maybe that's been misunderstood, but that's not my desire just for you to get more knowledge. It's to get your feet moving and your hands and your arms working and serving. And your mouth speaking in the name of Jesus when you leave this place. It's to get me going and excited for what God has. That's why we've come here. Now, we didn't just come here to build ourselves up and have a warm, fuzzy type of feeling and then just go about our life. No. We came to get a shot of encouragement, motivation, to experience God in a new and fresh way, and then go and do. That's why we've come here. That's why we've been in God's Word. That's why I'm never going to come in here and preach His message to you, and then just say, all right, everybody, let's go home. I don't want you to know it's intentional that we come to a service and we go through God's word and every time we say, all right, you now have an opportunity to respond. You should never come to God's word without thinking, now what am I supposed to do now? And sometimes God's going to have you do something right where you sit or stand because you're praying to him and committing to him. Sometimes it's you need to come forward and make a decision. Sometimes it's whatever God has you do. Because we want you going out of this place with determination, with purpose, with focus, and with energy. I am going to go do God's work. I don't want you to think you've accomplished something just by coming here. I want you next Sunday to tell me all the things God accomplished through your life during the week. Then let's come here. 
Let's give each other a hug and a handshake. Let's encourage one another. Let's pray for one another. Let's learn something new of what God has for us and then go and do it again. That's what this has been about. If I'm preaching to you, I'm ten times more preaching to myself. God has something to say to me, too. Oh, it's so easy. Isn't it so easy just to get distracted by the things you got to do? And it takes you off from really doing what God has called you to do. To stay committed to your purpose. There have been way too many weeks where I show up on a Sunday and I have just been beat up and bruised and battered around by no fault other than my own. And every play God called, I just sat on the sidelines. I've had too many times of those. If you're thinking that's how you come in here this morning, friends, I know how you feel. But that doesn't mean it has to be the same thing this week. Today, tomorrow. It doesn't have to be the same. What are you going to do? I love it how God just continually pushes us and calls us by his name. And he restores us and he redeems us and he refreshes us when we get tired. And he calls us into the body of believers to say, come, come experience me again. Come have that brother or sister help you and to serve with you. I love that. Friends, what are you going to do this week? Don't let this be where you stop. Don't let this be your high point for the days ahead. Don't let it. Get excited about what God has for you. Go do it. Let me pray for you. Father, we come this morning excited about what you have in store. God, first of all, we want to thank you for your grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Because, God, there's not a one of us here who can stand up and say that we've lived every day, every week, every month perfectly. That every time you've spoken, that we've responded. God, none of us could say that. God, what we have here is a church full of people, all of us, myself included, who have numerous examples of us trying to do it our way and failing. God, of hearing your call, but not being courageous enough to follow. God, having maybe some success in walking with you, only to get distracted and fall back just to right where we were before. God, thank you that you've called this group of imperfect people. So, so that none of us can claim, hey, look at me. None of us can claim that, God. God, what we can do is help others by saying, look at what God is doing in my life. And we can give others courage to stand up by us saying, I'm going to commit to this thing God has called me. God, help move us in that place today. God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for the blessings that you 
that you give. Thank you that this time where we come together, when we're inside the church, inside your church, when we're the body of Christ, thank you for the encouragement it gives, the nourishment, the spiritual nourishment we receive here. Sometimes it's helpful just to see the friendly face of that person we've known so long who we know will pray for us and love us. That sometimes it's just a blessing beyond words when we sing that song that just means so much to us for some reason. God, this is such an important time. This moment right here, being the church, coming together as one. But God, don't let us see it as the end point, the last thing we have to do for this day, this week. Don't let us see it as the highlight, the pinnacle. God, let us see it as the, the place that gets us motivated and wound up and, and ready to go. To go actually do the things we've talked about and prayed about. To go live them. God, I know we'll come in here next Sunday. You know, God, and I know there'll be stories of well, God did some awesome things in my life, and there'll be some stories of, I messed this one up, and that's okay, God. I, I know that. I, every week it like that seems like that for me. I point to something good, and I can also see an area where I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, God. I didn't follow you in faith or act courageously. God, but you meet us again. You'll meet us again. But God, I know you're always there, you're always present, but... Just your manifest presence of your Holy Spirit falls in a, just in a fresh, exciting way when we come together as a church, open and broken before you. Thank you for that. God, get us excited. Get us excited for what you have. Let us not be ones to be focused on the, on the challenges. God, we'll meet them with courage and with faith. But God, get us excited. It is where, I mean, we're jumping on our feet. We can't wait to say to someone else what, what's happening in my life, what's happening in my church, what's happening in, with my brother or sister. I get us excited. Get our feet moving. Get our hands serving. Get our mouths sharing. Get our hearts engaged with those we encounter. We thank you, God. We praise you, God. God, we know that there's always comes times when giving up is easier than standing up. And when giving in looks more attractive than digging in. But God, you have not called us to take the easy road. God, you have called us in those moments to press into you the foundation of our faith. To be courageous. Stand up and have faith and meet the challenges before us. To do the work. To take that extra step into the unknown. God, we praise you. God, I pray for these people this morning that there is there's a heart, a spirit of just response. I don't need it to look like I want it to look like, God. It needs to be what you want it to be. Whether that's people praying with one another or coming forward to share decisions or, or God just worshiping where they are. God, I pray you move among every single one of us this morning to respond how you would call us. 
God, let us be obedient to you. Be excited about what is coming next. We praise you, O Lord, and we ask all these things by the powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.